Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, Ben, Chris, and Matt will be talking about Name of the Wind and A Wise Man's Fears by Patrick Rithavis. Enjoy. Um, hey, all of all of my good theories, I'm like, I can't say anything because there's... Yeah, some... no, Ben, you're essentially just banned from speaking. It's like, he hasn't left the university yet, so I can't talk about this guy, and I can't talk about that, and I can't talk about this. I mean, I, I can agree with you that, that well... I can't. I never mind. Happened, can't even. Yeah. There's yeah. stuff that happens that makes sense. I agree. I yeah, agree. Yeah. Oh, also, he made his he made his arrow catcher. Okay. Yeah, yeah made the arrow catcher, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So now he's flush with cash. Yeah. Yeah, flush with cash. Not worried about tuition. Him and and Davy made amends. They're homies again, which is nice because Davy's like one of the best characters in the whole book. If it was like about her and Bella, the book would be flawless. And Simmons. I actually like Simmons. Yeah, Simmons is good. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah, they're, cool. they're pretty good. I like, what's his other brother's name? Will? I like Willem. Yeah, Willem. Willem. Yeah, yeah like, honestly, yeah. both of his friends are, like, super yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah honestly. the loser of the group. Yeah, uh, the characters yeah. in the university who just stay at the university fit really well there. It's him that, like, yeah. clearly doesn't belong. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. you, you clearly need to move on because you're too... A little bit too wild for the university. You don't fit into yeah. that box. Well, all he does is just do dumb he's, stuff. He's like, I'm so afraid of getting expelled, but literally everything he does is right. like, like he's so clearly not actually afraid yeah. of getting expelled. Like, what? Yeah, he's like, I'm afraid of getting expelled, but I got twice the balls of any of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's an idiot. I just feel like the, his biggest like fatal flaw is that he's 15. Like, yeah. it's like. Yeah, that, like that's when you're a 15 year old at university, you have no idea what the and you're in like you know you have no money and you're in also incredibly gifted and kind of hate it like half your classmates like yeah you're bound to yeah. do some dumb stuff. Oh yeah, and also he has like no mentor and there is no father figure. Like he kind of that's I think that's another well, interesting I thing is like, like he doesn't like, really follow he anything. Could. You know what I mean? Like I feel like um, the artificer guy kind of but the, i mean he's like definitely he could be i mean a little he's bit artificer i don't remember what Artif- he's, he's like the, the blacksmith the, guy like the blacksmith yeah the blacksmith guy that's like oh yeah 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 but i, I mean like... he is like more of like a mentor but he's still like very like short and you know not like actually short but like you know he's very curt and doesn't really he's freaking he's freaking buff dude is Jack. He's red. What's his name? I can't even think of it. Hem is the one that hates him. That's Hem is the one that hates back. him. Yeah. What is the other guy's name? Wait, did you already read the part then where he like passes out? That already happened. In, yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, happens right so now. And then he like, he, yeah, right after he falls off the roof or whatever. Yeah. And then he gets carried back. He like gets carried to the hospital. He carries him like a little baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't say I feel like that guy, like, like, if quote wasn't such a freaking idiot, and like steals the gold thread and the money from the the artificery and stuff like that, it's like, dude, why? Well, and even even with the arrow catcher, he's like, where'd you get your crossbow? And he's like, uh, and he's like, you shouldn't like just ask me, bro. Like, it's not a big deal. But instead, he just goes and gets it illegally, like an idiot. Yeah, but he's 15, so it's pretty realistic, I guess. Yeah, it, I, caught, I was telling Matt 
while we were we were talking a little bit before you got on Ben, but like I just constantly feel weird. Like I have to remind remind myself that he's fifteen. Like it almost I almost feel like Patrick Rothfuss is immature or he's just like really good at getting in the head of a fifteen year old. Like I don't know, but it's like I have to like remind myself that especially him and Dennis are fifteen year old dingbats because so often I'm like, What are you doing? And the book kind of like treats them like adults, like everybody else treats them like adults for the most part. So you just forget that like they're literally children. Well, mostly just Sam. The other ones are all in their twenties or, or later. Denna? Denna's yeah, not. yeah. Well, I guess Denna. I think she can't. She's seventeen. But Denna's not a unit. Uh, yeah, Denna's seventeen not or eighteen. Student, right? But yeah, yeah she's but, she, other... but she, she makes, is younger. Like her, yeah. him and Denna make all kinds of dumb decisions, and I have to remind myself that like they're kids. It's like it's like two high schoolers being in love. They're being idiots. Like yeah, Denna. Denna is just stupid, in my opinion. Although later on, it does start to feel like more like traumatized. Which you probably That's, can read yeah, into now. Yeah. It becomes like, more clear that like, oh, this is clearly a trauma response and yeah. not just yeah. you're an idiot. That's so it's a Chris mix. That's what Chris and I were talking about. Like the yeah. first book, they I, like tried to make you feel bad for her, but in my opinion, it did not work. The first book, I was like, damn, that freaking sucks. And like, yeah, she had a hard life, but she sucked. This book, it's a lot more like, whoa, like she is like someone I feel bad for instead of someone I like have anger towards. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gets even worse later. Yeah, for me, it was not like... I didn't dislike Denna, because I'm like, yeah, you, your life sucks, and you're doing what you're doing, and it's fine. What I hated was, like, their relationship. Like, how they interact with each other, and the way they're like constantly, like, trying to guess what the other person means, and they're, like, constantly past each other. I just was like, oh my gosh, idiots. Like, just... I don't know. It was just... But again, I like then I remind myself of what I was like in high school. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly. They <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. We can't talk about that theory. We can't talk about. Well, we can talk a little bit about that theory, but it's worth it to just wait. Let's see. What else happens in the beginning? I can't even remember. Can't talk about that. We can't Stop talk about this. The beginning. It's, you're only like 30 chapters dude I'm like 45 chapters bro you're like a third through it that's fair that's, I, that's I'm like... where you were five days ago jeez <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no I'm just trying to think of some of the other oh he has his he, he's taking that class from the namer guy who's oh, 100% a, a carbon loaded. copy of the professor in the cop- poppy war have you ever read the Poppy War map? I think so. It sounds familiar. It's a, it's a it's a fantasy book. It's set like in East Asian culture. Um, I think it's like a not a parody. What's the word for like it's historical fiction, sort of, but not really, of the Chinese Taiwan conflicts that took happened in the 1900s with like Mao Zedong and stuff. Anyway. It's about a girl who goes to university, like very similar to this, and she like she gets this professor named June, who is like a carbon copy of his naming professor. I don't know which book came first, but like these guys were on the exact same wavelength when they wrote these characters. Like they're they're both like incredible, obviously incredibly powerful, incredibly cool, and you like want your main character to just shut up and do everything they say. At the same time, they come off like babbling buffoons. Because they're just like whimsical and goofy, and they're constantly saying stuff that doesn't make any sense. 
Is he, are they as like mean as a Loden? Because a Loden can like also be like freaking a jerk. Yeah. And he's like he's like. Did you about you guys are past the point where he like burns down that building? It, he burns down Hem's. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the freaking yeah. best. Yeah, the best like, line is he's like know, he's like you should have asked why I didn't have keys and it's just like yeah. oh yeah, my god. <laughs> He's like, why are you burning your clothes? And he's like, that is not the right question. And he's like, whose clothes are you burning? <laughs> and he's like, closer. And he's like, uh, where are we? Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I like Alodin. He's freaking bonkers. Yeah, like, he rocks. Alodin's great. He's like clearly the only, like, well, like, not the only master, but he's clearly, like, the master that actually gets what's important. You know, like, he's like, all That's what I'm saying. He's, he's the guy. Like, like, yeah, you can understand why Fook doesn't actually like listen to him, but at the same time, you're like, dude, just shut up and do everything this guy says. Like, yeah. clearly, he knows what's up. Yeah. 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 I like Ari too. Ari's pretty cool. Ari is very. Yeah, cool. Ari's legit. Yeah. Ari's cool. Also cool. Wait, I can't remember if you did the scene either. Did you see the scene where? Whatever his name is, Elodin also knows Ari. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, that okay. was actually like, well, that was the time, like, that's when Elodin actually invited him into the class because, like, yeah, Elodin that's found right. out that, that's right. that that both gave her a name that gave her the name Ari, and he was like, why did you call her Ari? And he was like, well, it means blah 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 blah, and that was like, he was like, okay, that's a pretty sick name. Like, like you're, you're, you're pretty class. good at naming. Yeah, well, I think it's funny because he's actually, he's like, that's not what that yeah. means, but it's still a great name. <laughs> like, that's yeah. absolute garbage, but you try it. Yeah. You try it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Is that the same night that yeah. he also gets him finally back into the library? Yes, yeah. Yep. He's like, I, not in the freaking, what, what they call it? It's not the library, it's called the... The Tomes? Arcanum. Tomes. Arcanum, Arcanum, yeah. Anyways, he goes to the guy and he's like, you jerk. Let him in. He, like, goes to his window in the middle of the night. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, good stuff. Chris, did you finish? No, I've like five hours left. Okay. I'm the same. I'm basically the same place I was earlier today when I when I said where I was. He doesn't have. He he doesn't fight yet. Don't. Right? Mm-mm, no. Okay. No spoilers. I was telling Matt. Basically, one really cool thing is happening. So if that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, I've I've read that part. But okay. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, so far, it hasn't. There hasn't been a whole lot of stuff that's happened, and I'm like more than two thirds of the way through the book, so I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, obviously, the endings of books are very important, so I'm suspending judgment till I'm done with the book. So far, I feel like I've been a little underwhelmed. Like it's been fun, but not like blow my socks off and incredibly amazing. It's just like, oh yeah, this is like a fun book. You can do yeah, it. I mean that's kind of how it is. There's not. It's not like a Brandon Sanderson where the ending's going to be like, oh my gosh, you just blew my mind. It's just like. It just gets progressively, in my opinion, like a little bit and a little bit more fun, but it never. Yeah. There's no climax. Uh, that's yeah. I think, like, yeah. Chris and I were talking about how like they spent way too much time with him at the university, and honestly, I would say probably way too much time with him and Tarbian, like as the homeless guy. Definitely like, too much time with like, Tarbian. So much yeah. that he has to do, like right, like the the, the, coat, the coat, you know? Yeah, the yeah. coat you meet in the inn is like. Like, he just, I don't know, he gives off this, like, I've done everything, I've seen everything, I'm perfectly, like, at peace with myself, other than the fact that clearly somebody died on my watch or something, and I'm miserable. But other than that, 
Like, but, I'm yeah. comfortable in who I am, or whatever. Right, but and, they're also tell you from the first page that he is and always will be, at his heart, an actor. Like, all of that is an act. He's, you got to realize, if you start to learn more and more as they cut back, like, later in his life, right. back to yeah. the scene in the tavern, how much of that is total garbage. Like... Right, he's good. Like, he's, he's completely still, like, lost. Accomplishes stuff. Like he's still like yeah. He's, yeah. Like, totally, I guess maybe like the like, personality past that. But like, like they make it sound like everyone on planet Earth knows who this guy is and treats him like he's God. Like he's this yeah. king killer. Oh, he, he beat is armies. Tavern and, you know, the Great, basically. Right. Like, get him confused, but it's literally like. Yeah, but I think that's just like peasant folk, you know, peasant folk who like hear a good story and they're just like, ah, oh, yes, like Tavrolin the Great again. <laughs> they just kind of like always wrap back to that. And then I think also yeah, like I liked what they do in the first book and in the second book going on. Like he continually like he has like this hyper focus on his reputation. And obviously we know from the name of the book that at some point he's very likely to either be implemented or to actually kill a king because they're called the King Killer right. Chronicles, yeah. you know? Kavolf the King I'm Killer. Sure. Doesn't he tell Chronicle, like, Chronicler, he's like, I've never killed a king, that's a bunch of... Yeah, he's, it's still unclear whether he actually did it or not, or was just involved, yeah, or took the fall. Ambrose's dad, and he didn't see him as a king, but now Ambrose uh, is the king. Honestly, you're I close, mean, but I strongly disagree, and I don't want to tell you why. <laughs> did Ambrose die? Because that would be lit, dude. I mean, none of that happens. Ambrose has got. If Ambrose doesn't die, that's it's just a waste of a book. Well, and so that's what like, kind of hero are like... you? You couldn't even take out the worst human being within a hundred miles of your universe. Well, and like, I feel like that's like the big like. I, I can't. I feel like at the end of this book will be two thirds into his life story, and I feel like there's so many loose ends that he needs to actually do in his. Like, like, it keeps doing these flashbacks, right? Like, the first two books are all flashbacks, and the third book is presumably the last third of his story. Yeah. But, like, he has to actually fix everything as well. So I don't know how, like, I think that's why the author is taking so freaking long, is he's like, oh, shit. Like, I had him <laughs> oh, effing in for two whole books, and, like, I could have been telling the story as they were actually making progress to, like, fix it in like the current time yeah because you know, presumably so. he has to like do all this insane stuff that makes him legendary and then and also fix whatever redeem himself okay hold on hold on okay matt plug your ears for a second or take out no, your headphones no, okay. spoilers don't bug, bug me I, I, all i want to know is where chris is at that's all i want to know oh okay no no yeah that's fine. that's fine i'm he's being trained by by the dudes that should probably be enough okay yeah dude you said you haven't met those guys what guys? The, the, no, I haven't oh. met the Amir. He hasn't met the oh, Amir. Oh, okay. That's okay. not good. Okay. No, actually, that's, that's, technically, that's technically not a spoiler because he says it in the tavern. He talks about it as, like, one of his feats. So it is mentioned. Right. No, so that's, I thought he was, like, being trained by the Amir. But you're saying that if it's not, not the Amir that he's being trained by. It's out. the okay. Adem. It's, it's what? The Adem. That's why you're confused. And what is with you in spoiler? It's not a spoiler. He said it earlier in the book. No, it's a, it's basically a spoiler. Okay. Well, see, but yeah. some stuff has happened. It doesn't really matter. The point well, is, is the eight right. down, the eight down, Well, maybe I'll just. Okay. Well, you'll uh, get there. No, no, we're not gonna go there. Yes. Get to it. Like, no, I, and I'm with you, Ben. Like, stuff has happened, and like, granted, like some of the cool stuff that's happened. Like, clearly, he's legendary in the town where he does the cool stuff. But like, 
again, the coat we meet in the end is like the most legendary human being ever since Tabalin, Tabavan, whatever his name is, the Great. Basically, it's like that's at least that's how it makes us feel. It's like he's like the coolest human being that's ever walked planet Earth since this other guy like 600 years ago. And it's like, yeah, what he does is crazy. It's impressive. I'm sure like those townspeople are gonna be talking about it forever. But for it to spread like to wherever the heck code is now, I don't know. I just not that it's impossible. I just it feels well, like and, it. And like not even just that it spread, but like that code personally takes like the blame for what the state of the world is. Like he's like, no, like the roads suck because of me. This war is happening right. because of me. So it's like like he's gotta do some stuff. And like he talks about like how he actually has like instead of the 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 coat of no particular color or the cloak of no particular color, instead of that he actually has this other thing that is also equally as, as mysterious and powerful. Well you've read about that, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Okay, see? Here's what I'm going to say to you, Matt, because you still haven't left the university. Chris, you're getting closer, but you still haven't quite finished it. At the end of this book, probably like an hour or two before the end of the book, it kind of like wraps up to, to give you the feeling, at least I left with the feeling, like an hour or two before the book, that Kaboth finally has all of the tools. Nice. Right? So it's like at the end of book two, he finally has all of the tools. And for like the last hour, like some stuff happens like really fast all because he just has all of the tools and he just starts jumping into action left and right because he has yeah, so all mean, the tools. He learns all a bunch of names of things. Well, he, he, I mean, I, yeah, it starts, to get, it starts to get closer <laughs> to that kind of stuff. Anyways, he's no walking. Oh my God. I can understand. That's what I'm saying. I'm suspending judgment till the end of the book because it's important, right? The end of the yeah. book, where it ends, that's all. So, I, I mean, it will, yeah, obviously, the third that. book is, is vital, obviously, if it ever comes, because I assume that's when everything will happen. But it definitely feels like at the end of the second book, that's like, oh, he has all the tools now. We're, we're past, we're finally past training stage, and he's like, he's ready for action. Whatever the frick he's going like to do, a, he's about to do it. It's like a, across the Spider-Verse. Because, like, into the Spider-Verse, Miles is a ding-dong and makes all kinds of mistakes, barely even knows how to be Spider-Man. But then by the end, it's like, okay, like he knows what he's doing. And then across the Spider-Verse, he's just a baller yeah. the whole time. It's a little bit like that. Like he kind of, yeah, kind of just wakes up a little bit. And he's like, ah, I have the tools. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's cool. I just it's cool. Like, it's kind of a bummer because if, if I, I had, never get a third book. Yeah, if I had one critique, it would be that, like, as beautiful as his writing is, but, and, like, I never felt like he was long-winded. Like I've never been like, oh, my gosh, he's getting long. Because he's like, really good at telling the story like i'm like still in like when they're just sitting on by the lake freaking drunk and 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 Kuo starts telling him the story of of the old man that meets the Edimaru and like anyway like yeah. i was still invested and i was like yeah this is interesting but also that was like an hour and a half yeah that like you <laughs> could have been doing something you kill you know some time. I mean? like, yeah isn't that like a classic tolkien Playing too yeah. though, it's like pages and pages. All I'm gonna say is Tolkien. Still, all of the Lord of the Rings books on Audible are like 20 hours or less. May, Return of the King might be a little bit longer. Return of the King might be 25. So True. even True. in Tolkien's long-winded, poetry-ridden fever dream, he still gets it done in three books, and they're still like at least concise. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like 70 hours of content, like. Yeah. Total. Right. Yeah. Just this one book is seventy hours. 
No, no, no. This one's four. The Lord of the Rings oh, trilogy all of the Lord like of the Rings 70 together. hours audio. Yeah. Whereas, like, this one book is, like, 40. Well, how much was the first hours. one? Because it might be close for these two versus all 38. 38. I don't know why you guys complain about length. I mean, you guys read Brandon Sanderson Way of King, so shut up. Oh, I'm not complaining about. Other than it just feels like, like, that he has all the tools at the end of book two, when there was like so much of Tarbian that just like did not need to happen. Well, I mean, other thing like Sanderson, like there's a lot of stuff that you can critique about Sanderson for sure. But honestly. Yeah, Stormlight Archive, for example, is four books. They're all like 40 hours. That's like 160 hours of content. But an insane amount of stuff happens in Stormlight Archive. Like, years and years and years go by, and like tons of progress is made on tons of different fronts. They discover all kinds of crazy stuff. They, you know, like, like by the end of the fourth book, it's like you feel like you're living in a completely different world than at the beginning of the first book. And so, whereas with uh, Kingkiller Chronicles so far, it's like, Again, like, Kamos still 16 years old. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We also got to remember, like, like Brandon Sanderson's Way of Kings is, like, his crowning work, you know, or at least so he's that's claimed. True. That's true. And he's put, yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. clearly planned this crap out. Like, he's had it. Yeah, he's true. been building it. Whereas with the Kingkiller Chronicles, he wrote the first book for fun. Like, he didn't even publish yeah. it for years. Then somebody wanted to publish it. He said, sure, you know. And then he was, like, halfway through the second book, mostly finished, when the first one picked up and became popular, so he published the second one. He never, re- like, it wasn't, those original two writings were not, they were mostly meant for himself. Like, he didn't, yeah. especially yeah. the first one, didn't really intentionally well, write it for people. I and so I think that's like, why it, like, it just floats off into random tangents all the time, because he was yeah. just having fun. Well, and I, like, don't even mind, like I said, like, even when it's, like, in random tangents, like, I never felt bored of Tarbin. You know what I mean? Like, it was still, like, like interesting. Like, he sets that freaking dude on fire, and you're like, yeah, that was pretty bad. You know, like, he's, like, trying to survive. Like, it was still, like, really interesting. And I guess, that, like, that's my thing, is that I just wish he'd come out with two different books. Like, if he's trying, like, if it's taking him ten years to be actually trying to wrap it up in, in three, like, dude, that's yeah, not just make it two. style. Like, do, do what? Do, do two more books. Do uh, a <laughs> J.K. Rowling and just do, you know, do part one, part two, right, Deadly Hollows. Yeah. But, like, I think Deadly that's that. Because I've actually thoroughly enjoyed all of the random canons. Like, the stories that, like, both tells and, like, him getting his freaking pipes. Like, all of that stuff is still, like, really interesting, you know? So I, like, don't even mind the random tangents because he's such a good writer that it, like, is still entertaining and still good. It just, like... Yeah. I just wonder how much of this conversation we would be having if there was a third book. So I feel like if, if the third book was out, like, all this would be like, well, let's see. Like, let's find out. Yeah, because a lot, a lot of this is based on speculation, given the yeah. third book is taken. Well, and I think that, like, I started the series, like, I, I read The Name of the Wind because Austin Goodwin told me to. Like, he, like, he recommended it to me. And, like, he prefaced it with, like, it's not finished, it might never be finished. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, like, I'm kind of coming in a little bit, like, this freaking jerk making this book that's so interesting and like i might not even find out what happens oh man it was so much worse when i got to the end of the second book and was like oh i'm so ready for the third and then was like where is it why can't i find it what What do you mean it's been seven years what i was like oh it's not out yet i was like i thought this was an old book and then yeah 15 years what look at the publishing date of the second book and you're like oh this is bad You're like, did Patrick Rutherford die? <laughs> like, what happened? Sanderson needs to take it up, man. Honestly? Yeah, that would actually be terrible. 
Sanderson no, but Sanderson should talk to him. They, Sanderson should sit that's him true. down that's and true. be like, yeah, let's yeah, map yeah. this Don't out, like and then you write it, but I'm going to map it out so you're not worried about things not coming together. I'm going to help you yeah. structure a climactic ending that you will feel like will satisfy yeah. your audience. Yeah, you then you go it. write it and have fun and write your flowery language, do whatever the frig you want, but I'm going to just write <laughs> the structure. That, that's pretty, that would be pretty good. Oh, and by yeah. the way, it's now part of the Cosmere. Kavoth uh, ends up as a shard. <laughs> What's it called when they when they like uh, when two programmers code together? I can't remember the name. Yeah, pair uh, coding. That's not pair what, programming. I think or... pair programming. You yeah. need to do like some paired writing, like like. Rothfuss is the writer, but Sanderson's like over his shoulder. Right. Like, okay, okay, now he's like, all right, enough about that flower. Let's move on. <laughs> According to the Reddit pages, man, he's already been doing that with his dead dad. It's exactly. That would honestly be such, it'd be so sad, honestly, if that was what was true. Like, imagine your dad being a huge influence on two of your books, and then he dies, and then the whole world's, like, pissed at you for a third book, and you know the only reason you haven't written is because your dad was, like, a huge influence. Like, that, that sucks. Like, that's tough. Like, who knows if that's true, but if so, like, that, yeah. That's right. I, know, I feel yeah, like he should just, he just needs to release something. Like, that's the, that's another thing that I find super, super weird, is, like, he just, like, he won't give, like, an honest reason, you know? Like, after, like, the first couple of years, somebody asked him, like, oh, what's going on? He's like, oh, you know, I've had some, like, you know, tragedy in the family, been busy. But now that it's been 15, like, you need a more substantial answer than that, you know? And he won't, like, he's ha he has, like, a he had a podcast where he, like, went on and, like, you know, got on. Like, a million people jumped on his, like, you know, 45-minute podcast where he talked. But he just couldn't give, like, a straight answer as to, like, you know, he didn't say, oh, well, my dad was a big part of it or... Oh, like, I don't know. I just feel like I've lost the neck. I'm no longer interested in this. Like, anything would do, but he just, like, he's just like, oh, no, it's coming. I'm just, you know, I'm just getting around to it. And it's like, that's not, a, like, give me a reason. <laughs> I wonder if he has a contract, you know, so he can't, like, just all out say, yeah, I'm not doing this. So he's just kind of, like, he's just like, stalling and, like, wiggling. Yeah, and that, that, that could fit. That they could can't be. Hold my children accountable for this book, so I'll just keep saying it. He's, like, literally not even working on it. <laughs> Well, honestly, the fact that he's publishing a different book right now in seven days would indicate that, yes. <laughs> I think Sanderson spoiled me. Publishing a book just means that you actually have four others in production. I, I would actually totally agree with that. I think that, and like, that's like the joke in all fantasy novel circles, right? That it's like, freaking George R. R. Martin can't write a dang book in ten years, but Sanderson has literally released 40. You know what I mean? Every TikTok video of Sanderson includes the Hamilton's theme song of like, you know, how do you write like you're running out of time? Yeah. No, it's super funny. So, like, I think there is some truth to that, that getting into fantasy, like, because he was my sort of segue into fantasy as well, Brent Sanderson was. And I think that that was, it set my expectations in an unrealistic place, I think. And just as far as like, like tempo, you know, number of books that I can expect. Yeah, you got a full universe there. It's crazy. Kind of like like you read them all, and it's like, oh shoot, like I have to wait to find out what happens to Wax and Wayne. Oh, six months. I can I can wait that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. I can do that. That's all right. Yeah, that makes sense. And in the meantime, there's like three other books I can just go start up yeah, on. Right. <laughs> I can freaking read all of the and like like 
even when you've read them all, like I still haven't read all the like random novellas and stuff. Actually, I think I probably have now that I've read Don Chart. I think I'm all caught up now. Um, like there's always another thing that you're like, oh, I didn't know that there was a graphic novel series. Like I could read White Sand and I didn't know that there was a friggin' Anyways, yeah, so much. Yeah. I mean, Stormlight Archive 5 is supposed to come out, like, next year. and Yeah, I think in exactly a year. I think they usually get released in November. Yeah, I don't even feel like I've had to wait, because he's literally released four books this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I, I think know. since the last one came out, I think I think Mistborn 4 has come out since the last one. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's even released... Hey, yeah. All to be said that ten years to write a masterpiece is honestly not that long if he's working on it. <laughs> like yeah, and I, I would like, I would agree with what you said, Ben. Like it's just weird that he hasn't and maybe it is a contract thing. It's just weird that he hasn't said something because that's like I don't know. I just because the way the way I've heard him talk about it makes it sound like I'm getting to it, like I'm gonna work on it, not like Hey, look, it's just a slow process. I'm two-thirds of the way through the book, but, like, it's slow. I want to make sure it's really well done. Like, he doesn't say stuff like that. Yeah, he's super it makes, Like, it makes me feel like you're just procrastinating. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Which is the most, yeah, again, which is why fans are so frustrated, I think, is because it's not yeah. clear. There's not, like, obvious intent, right. and so it's super frustrating. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm harping on Sanderson and probably shouldn't be comparing, like, crazy, but, like, Sanderson gets on TikTok and he's like, yeah, I'm, right now, I'm, halfway through Stormlight 5 like I just wrote a thousand pages yesterday like it's extremely like oh okay like I I can see your, your progress and like get well, excited like every yeah. year he gets on and updates the, the state of the Sanderson or whatever it's called you yeah. know like like there's a lot of accountability and a lot of like like transparency there that I think a lot of other authors like like one don't really want because I think that adds a lot of pressure to be like well you said you were halfway done six months right. ago yeah and right. now you're still halfway done WTF, dude you know yeah he's kind of like a publisher's dream it's like oh you mean you produce lots of books that are very popular at a, like a steady rate and are motivated you're hired we'll pay you anything <laughs> yeah there's like a lot of authors that can write prolifically like that like but usually it's all like dribble you know it's all like b grade or worse whereas sanderson it's it's all really interesting good stuff and he right. does it at an insane pace, you know? So, yeah, he, he's definitely, definitely a publisher's dream. Whoever happened to pick him up on Elantris, and especially because Elantris was only okay. Well, I think he started his own publishing firm now, so I think he... And probably. My so understanding secret, was he yeah, moved out. Yeah, yeah. With, with the secret project he probably had, actually. That's a good point. But, you know, I'm curious what you guys think, moving away from the comparison of Brandon Sanderson versus Patrick Rothfuss, which is dramatic. Yeah, so my... What? Oh, Vanner. Sorry, you kind of, kind of cut out for a second. So, can, sorry, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, you seemed to, like, slow down for a second there. I didn't know if it was me or you. Um, yeah, so, uh, one other critique, totally different avenue, that I absolutely cannot stand is how either Rothfuss writes or Kvothe talks, either way, about women. <laughs> I, just, I can't stand it. It just, like, honestly just feels like every single woman in the book is a sex object, and it makes me want to gouge my eyes out. Like, he, he, like, he meets a new man, and it's like, oh, this guy had a red beard, and he was tall, and, like, it looked like he 
was a sword fighter because his shoulders were buff. And then he meets a woman and it's like, she was the sexiest piece of crap I've ever met in my life. Like, it, and that, like, that's all he ever said. Like, every woman he meets, he's like, yeah, she's the still most beautiful woman in the whole city. And holy crap, her hips were so nice. Like, I was just like, dude, you suck. Like, I don't, I don't know. To be again, fair, he is 15. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Either Rothfuss has gotten into the brain of a 15-year-old really well, and maybe, like, maybe a little too much. Like, I don't yeah. know. Or, or like, I, I don't know if I should be annoyed at Rothfuss or Kuhn. But either but, like, it's like, okay, this is a little, a little over the top, dude. Well, let me just say, fair warning, there's more of them coming. No, well, and I, no spoilers from that, but I have, I already got through at least what I hope is the worst part of that, because, my gosh, when it gets worse than that, I kill it. it, I I mean, yeah, most, if you're, yeah, if you're talking about a specific instance, then, yeah, it it never really gets worse than that, but... There is additional stuff later on that still continues a similar theme, so, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, that, that whole thing was so terrible. I mean, that was terrible. I, like, no no spoilers. We'll talk about it when you read it through, Matt, because I'm curious what you think, too. But I hated, especially how it started, the first, like, chapter or two of that whole experience. Like, I was, like, livid. Like, that was bad. It was bad. I was not happy. And... Anyway, so so I'll be interesting. I'll, I'm interested to see what you think too, Matt. But that's like even forgetting that whole scene because I thought it was horrendous. Uh, I just don't, I don't like it. Like every and it's like it bugs me because it's like every time he meets a new woman, it's just like oh my gosh, let me just describe how how beautiful she is, and that's it. And like that's all the woman exists for in the story, and that, that I don't like it. It bugs me. So and like. I, I can see the standpoint of, like, hey, he's 15 years old. Because, like, yeah, right. A little Obviously, bit. I mean, I also think you are overlooking a couple of women, but I don't want to, like, start naming women because then, spoilers, but. I'm I'm not saying that there aren't women who are important to the story because there are. It just feels like the way they're written is a little bit overly, like, it's extremely important that they're super ridiculously beautiful. And that's, like, key and in order to be involved in the story, you have to be super crazy beautiful. Like, I don't know, it just feels a little bit... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would agree. Most of the prime women in the story are, you know, beautiful. Dude, not, not uh, Ari, bro. True, not Ari. Like yeah, come baby. on. Yeah, Ari's a cute. She's fun. I'm, I'm very curious what you'll think of the next portion of the story based on that, so... <laughs> cool. I, I don't know if I should be excited or not. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it'll be fascinating to see what you think. I don't know. Yeah, I will Ari, judge Ari you based on your like reaction. Little girl, though, isn't she? Or at least like very Ari, much Ari's described almost, that way. Ari's Whether like she's... an angel. Yeah, like she yeah. almost doesn't. She she's described like a little girl, but, like, but every like, once in a while, like, it seems like he like snaps out of it and is like, "Oh, you're like 16 or something," you know. But well, it's, it's I think hard she's to tell. Actually, like kind of like probably as old as him i just think yeah. that she's like the maturity of like a little girl because like i mean she was at least he assumed that she was a student at some point exactly right? yeah he, like, he like thinks that, he's a student she, like, and... couldn't handle the weird stuff that happens when you break your brain into 10 pieces like right. like so she's probably like 25 you know what i mean like like if they start school at 18 well i mean yeah people constantly people are constantly thinking kaboth is like it yeah. Right. Well, the other thing, I think she's also, like, clearly malnourished, if you think about it. Like, she's described yeah, as, like, yeah. small, and you're like, oh, it's because she's, like, a little, like, girl. And it's like, no, this is, like, a woman who lives in the sewers and has no food. And Kaboth and uh, 
what's his name? Elodin are both clearly mostly worried about her health and her getting food. And and I think what's what's kind of not getting directly stated there is she's basically anorexic, like she's a stick, and they're both trying to get her food. You know. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. But she feels like yeah, she's off. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was a uh, annoyance of mine, I guess. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the rest of the book's like, but but I mean, it's overall, like it's still been a good book. Like I think I was telling Matt, like I still would probably give like an eight out of ten so far, and that's without the ending, which I'm assuming will be good and exciting. So. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, what what do they call that test? Where I've heard it mostly related to movies, where it's basically like, do two women have a conversation in the book that is not about another man that is significant mm-hmm. to the story? Oh yeah, the Bechtel. Is it the Bechtel test? Something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but the, I feel like for books that doesn't. It's, it's not. Not. There's a lot more conversation, so it's not quite as relevant. But it's still like the similar idea. Well, but it's it's not just not as relevant. It's also like if the book is from the perspective of a man, it's almost impossible. Like a movie, you can have like like women talking. Yeah, it, like you'd have to be like overhearing a conversation or something. Right. Or yeah, if it's like a sole perspective. Right. Yeah. For Patrick Rutherford, that's definitely like the case where it's like this is solely from Cole's perspective. So he's very rarely going to have possible. Yeah. yeah. But there is a couple conversations between some of the girls at the university. But either way, yeah, they clearly have like a relationship that he overhears. But that's not really the point. I was actually more thinking of uh, the second part of Mistborn. I've noticed a lot that with whatever his name is, who's the lawman dude? Wax a million. Yeah, with like Wax, pretty much all of the women in the story rotate around him and whether or not they like him or not, you know, or everybody seems to like be infatuated or not and and it's all about him. He's the freaking center of the universe and all of the women only care about how he sees them, which has been a little bit interesting. But like, wow, this guy... Have you not finished them yet? I have not. I'm in the middle of the second one. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. Bo- both women like really come into their own and are actually like. Yeah, I was gonna say if anything, that's like the strength of Era Two Mistborn. Yeah, but, but I was incredibly the first well two written. Books, well, even, like definitely the first one. Definitely the first yeah, definitely one the first like, one, and probably like, the first half of the second one. Just bonds over it, and I would say the second one as well. Yeah, and then the in the second one, one so far, it's like well now Steris is fawning over him as well and is like less impassionate and just businesswoman and more actually I also like you and like whatever the younger sister is like yeah. I like you less but I still care a lot about what you think you know and it's like yeah. great like I'm happy that he's yeah. moving into actually liking the person he's gonna get married to but also I'm not surprised not surprised this is Brandon Sanderson I'm sure it'll all work out I just noticed yeah Steris becomes like a bad a but it's still in like a like I am here to. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like then they introduced. Yeah. Then they introduced Milan, like the shapeshifter lady, and I was like, I was like, okay, cool. Like we have a shapeshifter. I don't know if you can necessarily call her a woman, but like she's playing a woman most of the time, so that works. And then she like immediately starts making out with Wayne. I was like, all right, well, clearly we can't move on. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I didn't. Maybe not as great, but slightly better. Yeah. Well, I think no, there's I a lot of, like, women that are pretty cool in it, you know? Like, I think... Yeah, there are. I just... Yeah. And, and like, to be fair, it's not so much... 
like the role that women play in the book is important. I want them to play a major role, but also it's like the way they're described yeah. really yeah. irks me. Like I'm like this especially is not... when he's like so good at describing things and right. it, like he turns that button off. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> like you describe men in a really cool way and then don't ever do that for any of the women. Like I just didn't yeah. So, but yeah, and Sanderson's had to grow into that too. Like he gets critiqued a lot for not specifically that exact thing, but like for in Mistborn era one, just he, he's even talked himself about like, he really, really wanted to write like a powerful, well-written female Female lead. lead, And so literally everyone else in the book is male because he's, and he's talked about how, like, I don't know exactly how this works, but he's like, oh, I just was so focused on writing this one main female character that I just... Eh, yeah, it's kind of true. Defaulted everyone else to male, and and which is. But I feel like it still worked out because like Cynthia absolutely loved that book, and all because she thought Ben was a fantastic character. So to be fair, if you pour all of your heart and soul into a fantastic female lead, yeah, yeah acceptable. You know, that's okay. <laughs> no, and Ben's awesome. Ben's incredibly well written. And you do have that one girl who who cool dated way. says it briefly. Yeah, that's that's kind of my point though. It's like if if you're saying about the book, well, there was that one other girl. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, there's also that other one girl who tried to date Ellen, and then got murdered by Vin. Yeah, and got been murdered. Yeah, and there was that one. And then there's also the like the slew of of poor women that um, are Strap Ventures little squeezes. Yeah. Do we do, do we, we include those as characters? Win? Do we learn anything? Like, do we learn anything else about Ari before the end of book two? Or, Isn't there, like, or, a book about Ari? There's a whole book about Ari, if you want to go read it. Yeah. It's like a novella, though, right? Yes, yeah, it's like a short story. But I'd say it's like eight In hours. the Wise Man, have you read it, then? Yeah. So, in the Wise Man's Sphere, though, do we learn anything else about her once he leaves university, or is that just No, story? no. And honestly, in the book about her, I would say, like, read it if you want. It's fun, because, you know, again, Patrick Rathavis is a great does writer. It read but it doesn't the way that Edge Dancer reads. I haven't read it. Because I hate Edge Dancer. I love that. I cannot stand Lyft. And if, like, well, Ari is, like, a Lyft character, okay, I don't think she I'll is, be honest. Right? Like, from what I saw of the Lyft character in the brief moment of Way of Kings where he gets introduced and you see his vision for, like, ten seconds, I never read Edge Dancer. I would say that there's a pretty good chance that... that uh, Wait, what? Her book. What do you not like about Lyft and Estee? Dude, she's the worst. No, I kind Lyft of agree. Is... Wait, like, she's... I don't know. Gosh, she's the worst. She's not oh, relatable. Like, where's the related? She's also just like... She's like a young kid who doesn't want to grow up. That's like her whole thing. That's like... The most classic little kid story ever. Peter Pan in a bottle. Right, but also she, like, that just I makes you one faceted. Like you can't just be one thing. Everyone has three well, D character. To me, it feels like, like like Sanderson's pretty good at writing characters, and I guess we keep talking about Sanderson, but maybe we shouldn't on this. But <laughs> I'm, anyway, I'm anyway, I just feel like like Sanderson's really good at writing characters, and I think that in writing Lyft, he's like. He, he doesn't do a good job with Lyft, where it's like it's too obvious that it's a grown fucking man writing, trying to write a ten year old. You know what I mean? Like I think that's my problem is that I, and I just can't stand her. I hate her. She's the worst. I do not like Lyft. I really do it, but that's fair. I I don't know that 
I'm not like the best judge of like the writing style. I don't think so. I have a hard time like identifying stuff like that. I don't know. So to me, it's just like, oh yeah, this is like twelve year old girl. Like I'm digging it. I don't know. like. I feel like I I didn't even I I, like wasn't a big fan of her in the Stormlight books. Like I wasn't a huge fan. But Edge Dancer was just like, oh my gosh, I can't stand. Like this is unbearable. Interesting. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was fantastic. The, the nice thing about the book about Ari, which is called A Slow Regard for Silent Things, is it's very short, and it's fairly fun. And and obviously she's not like a powerful principal character and never will become one. So reading her story doesn't make you feel like you're wasting a lot of time. It's just kind of like a quick fun. So, look into so what are the theories on like the, her backstory or like her purpose really in the story at all? Like I'm so curious then. She doesn't really get a whole lot more information. Yeah, I, I don't think... I don't think she really has, like, a strong purpose in the story. She's the Tom Bombadil, Chris. She's just kind of there. Doing I hate that. Yeah. I think she's she's there to humanize Kavoth a little bit. That's what I was going to say, is it provides a lot of, like, you see... No. You'll notice, like, every, ta- every time he does something that's, like, a little bit cocky or a little bit big, big-headed, then, like, the next chapter he visits Ari and kind of, like, settles down to Earth. So if anything, she'll kind of be, like, a yeah. touchstone for him, but I don't know how much how much more she'll have to do in the whole story. We'll see. I'll be curious. I don't know. But I am curious what you guys think of the Chandrian. How much do we learn about them in, in the rest of the book? Like, there, There's really only one other significant chunk about the Chandrian, and it doesn't play too much into any of my theories. So you know most of the stuff that I think That's is overly think. relevant. I, I feel like we get one tidbit every, like, fourth of a book. Yeah, no, I would Okay, maybe there's two things, but either way. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I thought I mean, you even told me before I started reading that there's like apparently a bunch of theories because there's all these like drop hints about who they are or something. I have no idea. It's just like I thought it was weird that like the girl from the farm is like having dreams of the vase, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah. I and forgot, then she's like, that even happened. she like specifically is the most fearful of the guy that we think is a good guy like she's like like she's like oh that guy he's pretty scary but then she like points at the guy that has the the red on his hands and the like i think he thinks he's an amir right yeah, yeah. So yeah. He he's, thinks, he's like, oh yeah, it's totally an Amir. He's got the red tattooed hand and the, like, the, the crest on the yeah. chest. Yeah. And she's like, he's the work, like the girl with the vision. I don't know if that's like she's being possessed by the Chandrian or whatever, and so she's like afraid of the Amir, or if it's like she is being honest and saying like, yeah, these guys are all evil, but the Amir are actually worse than them. Like I don't know what that's foreshadowing. If it's like. The yeah, that like no, you're definitely touching on to what my my personal theory is, which is you know there there is some evidence. So when he's in the archives and he's looking at books, right? There's a lot of stuff that he says is oh this is just useless useless, useless yep. information. However, it's all the information that's available, and he reads a lot of it to you. So here's a quote from one of the useless books he finds about the Chandrian. The Chandrian move from place to place, but they never leave a trace. They hold their secrets very tight, but they never scratch and they never bite. They never fight and they never fuss. In fact, they are quite oh, nice to us. Think about that. They That's come and they crazy. go in a blink of an eye, like a bright bolt of lightning out of the sky. And let's remember, the Chandrian were there when he came back, but he did not see them kill his family. And guess what? They left him alive. Why? Why would this murderous group of people 
leave a small child who clearly saw them if they're so secretive alive. So my personal theory is the Chandrian are in fact not bad, but they are actually chasing the evil of the Amir, and the Amir are like purposely blaming the Chandrian as they go, and that's why all information about the Chandrian is wiped because essentially they're like humanity's savior to fight the evil. Dude, I totally buy that. No, I totally buy that. Like I'm like already like just from that one scene of like he's the worst of them all. Like just from that scene, I'm like. I feel like there's something that, like, the Amir, I don't, especially, like, I don't know. Right. Like, there's, it it makes sense, like, oh, their signs always appear after, like, a great great tragedy or something, you know? But if you think about it, like, you know, where would, like, you know, magical soldiers soldiers sent from, you know, basically all of time show up? Wherever the demon shows up to attack, they show up right there in a blink of an eye to keep fighting, you know? And, well, and, and like, I think that he's saying, like, oh, the, the vase had information on the Chandrian, that's why they died but it's like well their vase actually had information on the emir right and he's already at least where i'm at he's already thinking like the emir are are um changing like like there's no information on the emir because the emir are are editing or however you want to say are are censoring any information about the emir so he's like already almost to the point where it's like again the emir are the secret society and in his mind do you know guy. about like the doctor, like the Never ancient? Never trust the organization that sends <laughs> Has he talked about like the doctor from the past who, who killed a bunch of yes. people? Yeah. 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 yeah so another thing, it's like known known member of the Amir protected by the Amir killed like thousands of people to so, do experiments. Like, it's a little like, suspe- like you're like this yeah, is the people you. Right, he's coming up with all these justifications. So far because of it, but it's still like, yeah, but like... Yeah, this is clearly like not just like a purely good organization. Yeah. Like, they're wiping yeah. history, you know, they they killed a bunch of people, or when Bodden killed a bunch of people. Also, yeah. I feel like anything... Like, he clearly dislikes the church, and there's like, obviously some like anti-sentiment towards the church, and the Amir were originally part of the church, so again... Supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. Supposedly. Well, yeah, apparently they existed. Well, right, but they then they affiliated themselves with the church yeah. for a long time, and then eventually got kicked out. Likely, in my opinion, for being too extreme or something of the like. And so, yeah, I, I, interesting. My personal theory is it's actually flip flopped, and he's got it backwards. And the Amir are bad, and the Chandrian are good. And at the end of the day, totally he's likely going to show bad. up and try and kill a Chandrian or something, and really get himself some trouble because basically he's like ridding he the better, world of its better. guardians. He legit does kill one of the Chandrian, and then it's like really bad yeah exactly actually super good yeah he's like that guy was protecting us from the demon lord and now we're effed and he's like f <laughs> that's my totally by 100%. so that's 100% a big theory of mine there's another big theory but the biggest part of that theory only comes at the end of the book so i can't tell you that until later okay we'll, we'll come back to that one. Yeah. i don't know i'll give you i'll, I'll drop one hit no fine Never do mind. it no, no. do it okay. It's not a hint about the future. It's it's about something that already happened. I'm just going to tell you to keep an eye out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm just going to say, like, remember that, um, what's his name? The jerk dude? Ambrose? Ambrose, Ambrose often refers to himself as a poet. And Kavoth always says, I hate poets so much. Poetry is the worst. Just kind of yep. keep an eye on that theme and some other stuff that comes up later about poets interesting okay all right chris goodness gracious this dork (laughs) 
Both dies. He dies at the end of the book. I knew it. <laughs> the whole book's actually about Simmons. Yeah, it's secretly the story of Ari. Yeah, Simmons, Simmons becomes coat, and he just like bleeds close reputation. Just you know, just cause. I'm curious if you got something else from the book, but it's too far. You've read it already, Chris, but but Matt hasn't. It's another. Yeah. It's another well, very popular that one, theory. That theory that you were just talking about. There's there's that part that happens that definitely like plays into that. I think. Yeah. Depending on how you interpret it, but yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Sure. Because it's pretty important and interesting. Yeah. Man, I gotta finish this okay. thing, but it's okay. We'll we'll podcast again. We'll get back into it. Yeah. How long did we go? Matt, Matt will be farther along. I don't know. An Let's hour. see. I have the recording up. Let's see what I said. We got uh, 53 minutes. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Nice. Look at we that. Can get, just... We can probably get 15 minutes of usable material from that. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just going to be a monologue of me. I'm going to cut all of you guys out. <laughs> just Honestly, <laughs> more amazed. More amazed. That would be fantastic. It like shows you asking a question and then it just cuts and you answer your own question <laughs> and then we don't even like, Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna record. self-record like cuts of myself asking a question and then cut to where I answer that question and then just cut out. Even better, you just re-record after we get off and release the first episode and it's actually just like hundred percent spoilers for book two. <laughs> I'll just I'll just put in a, a section called like taking questions questions from the audience and then have your guys's like audio coming in and be like hey Ben and then some random <laughs> crap that you say and be like yeah this is really just my show hey Ben did you feel like uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same little hey Ben like cut in clearly at the start of every everything oh man that's good. Uh... Right well, on, this fellas. was fun. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Well, cool. Minecraft. Go. Oh, I was going to say, go finish the book. Yeah. I don't have and to. then someone else has to pick another one so that I don't feel so judged by my book choice, man. No, it was a good book. It was, yeah, it's a good book. We, it, it, critiques are allowed. It's okay. Oh, I, I, I'm not against critiques. Oh, that's fine. I'll, I just, I'll, I personally have like anxiety about people judging my, you know, like, oh, Ben, yeah, pick a book I, for the book club. I'm like, well, I better pick a freaking good one. I have the hardest time like being the DJ in a car, especially if it's like a car of people that I only like somewhat know for the same reason where it's like, like, I like my music, but I do not know anyone else in the entire universe will like my music. So, yeah. so I totally feel that. Yeah. That's fine. Well, I'll, I'll pick the one uh, uh, that my coworker recommended. I'm just kidding. I, 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 oh, I was gonna say, okay, really? We're gonna do that? It, the thing is, is it's like entertaining, but like. Oh. Is that the one about the start of like SpaceX and stuff? No, that's a really good one though. Okay. I, it, it's this other one. It's the one I think I was talking about last week, where it's like just this freaking god among men that is like yeah. is wreaking havoc, and then like, anyways. What's it called? It's like entertaining. It's called. It's like a a series. The first one is called. Oh dang it! Hold on. It's not Shadow of the Gods, is it? No, it's called. 
something like that though. But I guess every fantasy is kind of like that. Read the Darkness. Uh, the author is Tell K. Anyways, it, it's it's all right. Yeah, Shadow Are of you the Gods. Yeah. Okay. I I will say one. I feel like I've done a lot of criticizing. One really cool thing about Rothfuss in his books that does make it really fun is he's he does he, he does a really good job of like dropping like a life lesson but it's kind of like low-key and you almost miss it but then you go back and you like read it and you're like wow that's incredibly deep you know what i'm saying like kavoth will be like talking to a person or maybe it's like one of the stories that he tells or it's just like him thinking about his life and he'll like spit something that's like actually super deep and true anyway which is like i really enjoy that i, I don't know I, I think it's like a really it's it's impressive the way he writes it and it's like a really good well and it's like a like very actual um, like it's the way that a naturally born storyteller and actor like like that was what the edema room were right like they would sure. tell tales yeah. and plays and stuff and like all plays have some moral so like it's like ingrained in him to actually telling this story to be like and thus we see that yeah blah, yeah blah, blah, he kind of reminds yeah. me of like like a grandpa like a, you know, like a well-trained grandpa who's like sitting in the, you know, in front of the fireplace with Which his so grandkids. Funny I think he's like twenty-five. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that's what that's what Patrick Rutherford reminds me of in his tone. Yeah. Anyway, is yeah. like yeah, essentially sitting with his grandkids and like telling them this like a story, and it can be like a very simple story, you know. But hit, you know, the grandpa will make it just sound fantastic to the kids. Yeah, for whatever reason, I feel like he's felt he's telling. Oftentimes, I mean, yeah, there are some cool stuff that happens, but you know, just just for example, everything that happens in the university is fairly mundane, you know, and it's like, man, you're really just hyping up this university, but this is fairly normal. Yeah, well, and like, and yet it's mundane, still like really entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Even the mundane yeah. parts are still like like good. It it just feels like I don't think that there's enough one book cannot do what i think it needs to do to end it well you know yeah yeah oh and chris are you pa are you you're you're at the part of the cafe right you pass that i don't even know what that word means the cafe so probably yeah no you're past no it. spoilers if you I don't, don't know what that word means. you don't recognize that name bast like freaks out about it oh yeah yeah, what did you think of, like, Chronicler's, like, backslap to him with logic? I freaking love that part. I don't remember exactly what he said. Yeah, remember, he's like, he's like, he's like, well, now I have heard, I have spoken with somebody who's spoken with the Cathay. Oh, yeah. So if I tell you to do this, and he's like, so he's like, leave. And he's like, well, you can leave, because then the Cathay is making you leave. But if you stay, then the Cathay is making you stay. And if you breathe, they, and he's, you know, Bass kind of is like, oh, yeah, this is kind of stupid. I don't know, I feel like that was, like, a really good, like, Okay, like, yes, these people could potentially have, like, massive impact. But also, like, come on, Bast, it's not the end of the world. Like, shut up. <laughs> See, low-key, I feel like that actually supports your, uh... Yeah, exactly. Theory. It, it does, because, because of what is said. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Matt. I'll, I'll be interested. A little bit of spoilers you. there. Eh, that's vague. Um, um, yeah, I didn't really understand the word. But... Well, and the other thing is, like, like a comparison, again, comparison to Sanderson, but this time, I think Rothfuss does it better. Sanderson's stories have this same, like, oh, this is a cool, you know, like, life lesson, like, I, that I want to emulate. 
but Sanderson like slaps you over the head. Yeah, he hits you with like you know? a brick. Like, it's, it's like, like right. it's like I am going to be a good person, and the main character like screams it. You know. <laughs> yeah, just just look at freaking Oathbringer. You can't have my pain. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Whereas Roxas does like a, I feel like a way better job of like slipping it in so it feels normal and natural. But I still like learn something and take that lesson into account. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely more subtle. Which, like, to be fair, is why people say Brandon Anderson is Brandon Sanderson is so epic versus Rutherford is not. At least so far, his books don't really tend to like reach the epic climax moment where somebody says. You can't have my pain. But well, I mean, that's why Sanderson gets that nickname is because he just goes insane for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I mean, again, to each their own. It's all fun. It depends what you're into that day. Now, anyway, I won't get too into the Wheel of Time, but Sanderson finishes the Wheel of Time, and I think that Robert Jordan was more like Patrick Rothfuss, that it was like, like, there's this one scene where like the main character like comes to terms with his like fate and it's like very much like it's like really epic but it's also like it's almost too explicit you know so i, I would like, say I like and sanderson Rocky. writes that when it's too explicit yeah. or did sanderson know, take sanderson over the real wheel of time is that what i'm hearing he finished it yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so robert jordan died with three books left and actually he died He's a lot like, like, and I think this is why I'm like kind of in the mindset of Rothfuss to just commit to writing three more books instead of one more or two more books or whatever it is. It's because uh, Robert Jordan died thinking that there was one book left and there were so many loose ends on book 11, I think is the last one he wrote, that Sanderson picked it up and was like, no, this is going to be three books. And honestly, those three books are still rushed at. Like, so I, I, anyway, that's probably why it's in my brain that Sanderson picks mm-hmm. up and was like, we're not doing one book, we're doing three. Yeah, I don't know anything Honestly, about I the Wheel of Time. Down. I really enjoy Rob's yeah. writing, so I'd, Agreed. I'd be down yeah. three more books. Yeah, I'm telling you. It, a, somebody needs to put Patrick Rothfuss and Brandon Sanderson in the same room together, man. They need to sort something out. That would be a game changer, dude. Or you should, Chris, you should tell Matt what you were saying about the whole writing challenge. Oh, yeah, apparently, like, November is some kind of, I don't know. I don't know if Sanderson made the challenge or it was like a general challenge and Sanderson just trumpeted on TikTok, but I saw a video. Basically, there's a November writing challenge for like budding writers to write 50,000 words in the month of November, which is a lot. Sanderson said he typically writes like 30 to 40,000 words in a month. So it's more than what Sanderson typically writes in a month. So Ben and I were joking that we need to get... Patrick on the on the writing chat. Yeah, we need we need somebody just to ping him on that chat and be like, hey, at at Patrick, please accept this challenge. <laughs> yeah, fifty thousand words. That's insane. Yeah, so I looked I looked at some articles I'd written last year, and it would be, what did we say? Like, was it like six or seven pages a day? Of yeah, like something pretty, like that. Pretty solid writing. Yeah. Not double spaced. For all I know, that might be undercutting. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. That seems crazy. Quite a bit. Yeah. No. Cool. Well, anybody else got anything interesting to say? What are we gonna call our podcast? Oh. 
I thought we were just conversations with Ben. Didn't we just have <laughs> no. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's call it Ken Dama. Cool name. Pretty sure that's like copyrighted or something. Dang it. No, I think Elodin would approve of that name. That's it. Mm. We'll just call it the name of a podcast. <laughs> nice, I like that actually. That's pretty good. What, what is the friend? What is the friends? The the one where yada yada yada. Yeah. Well, that could be that could be like our individual episode naming convention. Yeah, yeah. Which I yeah I always we did appreciate. Just, that. We can just call it like the podcast. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. We'll call it the name of the podcast. Just like it's the name of the wind. It's the name of the podcast. That's the name. It's the name of the podcast is the name. If you don't know the name, then you haven't awakened your sleeping mind. We have to understand Yeah, we, we know it. But only but in the moment when it. we know it do we know it. Like right now, we just knew the name of the podcast and we knew that it was Kendama. Yeah, but tomorrow, it, it might know. not be Kendama like anymore. Yeah, their sleepy brain <laughs> just like fixes it for them. And all they hear oh, no, you know what? Podcast. I do have one of these. Can someone explain to me? Because I'm sure this was explained in book one, but I can't. Why does Clothes always have to break his brain into like six parts? Like every time, he's like, and then I broke my brain into like 15 parts. It's like, what? What are we talking about? Like, why does he have to do that? Ben, you got that? Or sure. do you want me to give it a whirl? Ah, you take it. I mean, I think you'll do a better job. Go Basically, like, you, you're, re, 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 what's the word? LR? LR. LR, yeah, that. Yeah, so it's like a way that you can, like, convince yourself of more than one thing and like like multitask in your brain right so like every time you make a binding and sympathy you have to like focus really hard on believing that those two are connected right right and right. if you're trying to do more than one sympathetic link you have to break your brain into two things and convince yourself that both things are true and you can't really do it with one brain so you need to break it up in, in two brains and like in book one, he talks about how he practices that, is that like he has two brains and one half of his brain, like he pictures this house that like both brains have, right? And one half of his brain hides hide like a ball somewhere in the house and the other half of the brain has to go and find it. And like, he's like, like one half of his brain plays tricks on the other half where it's like one half of his brain spends three hours trying to find this ball and then finally asked the other half of his brain where it is and it's like oh yeah I, the other half of his brain didn't even hide it like it was like in the other half of his brain and the whole time or something like, yeah that like, was kind of funny he's like didn't even hide it <laughs> yeah it's like, 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 super weird. anyway so it's, and that's why people go insane is that it's like literally right, right. your brain is playing trick on the other half of your brain right yeah but that's like the idea that it's just a way that you can do more than once hypothetically and like like fully completely believe in more than one thing at once okay so like then when he when he's trying to figure out yeah well and i would also i would just add like there's a couple times he'll like break his mind into like four or five parts or whatever and he'll make the same binding because also like the power comes when like you have a strong belief of something and then you make like the verbal binding or whatever between the two things and so if you do that but then you do it again you know again you break up a part of your mind and then you say the same thing like you're yeah, using the energy and putting exactly the power but yeah. you just like you know if you make or, a same binding on like a boulder falling down it's going to fall down like 4x the force because you made yeah. four bindings each with their own individual yeah. power 
And that's why, like, Davy is, like, so lethal is because she can break her brain into, like, eight things. And, like, Kavoth is so freaking powerful compared to every other nuke because he can do it five times. But, like, Davy's, yeah. like, freaking yeah. a ball. Well, actually, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, actually, yeah, Kavoth is actually probably more powerful than Davy in his ability to split his mind. Davy's power was her LR. So her LR individual, like, she never, yeah. she, it, you know, she never split her mind. She never made a binding. She just fought him Alar versus Valar, disbelieving what he believed directly, and her Alar was more powerful. Uh, and so he, he battled against her by splitting his mind five ways to make his actual binding more strong. Oh, I thought it, but, I thought it like it specifically said she split her mind like ten ways. I thought it did too, but I can't remember if it like I mean, did or not. I think that it's it could have been as well. She can, but they did but also have a conversation where he was like, oh, she has the strongest Alar ever. Yeah. I think her, I, I, my understanding of her was her main power was her alarm was like a raging storm or whatever. Um, she, yeah. she definitely could have split her mind. I'm not sure how he would have known other than like maybe yeah, he perceived I, her making an additional battle, binding. Because he couldn't, like it wouldn't be clear to him like, oh, she made 10 additional bindings to fight right, my binding. Right. Like he wouldn't really yeah, know that. But again, I could be wrong. That was just my understanding of her. Anyways, no, I, 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 she yeah, does have some sounds... interesting strengths that are, seem to be... I think she's... I, I really appreciate her character because, one, it makes it so it's not just like, oh, well, Kavoth is clearly the best person ever and no one can ever compete, you know? But I also like that it, like, it brings in a little bit of, like, part of what makes Kavoth so good is, like, his creativity. Like, a lot of times he's, like, about to lose a duel, half because he's, like, drugged and tired, to be fair, but still he's about to lose a duel, and he is very creative. He'll come up with something else. And so I do yeah. think that, like, part of the reason he is really good is he's creative, and there there are other people in the world who have similar, you know, similarly powerful minds. Just like his artificer teacher or whatever, clearly has a more powerful... He splits his mind ten ways and does several things. And this is mentioned yeah, because Kavoth sees him make several bindings all at the same time. And he says, holy sick, ho you know, holy crap, that's six bindings. Like, whoa, <laughs> he didn't do that without thinking. Yeah. And that's, like, more than he's ever done. So there are clearly people who are better at particular skills. But again, like with his, like, arrow catch, he's just very creative with the skills he's been given. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to ask about the Dana thing, so that answered all my questions. Matt and I were also talking while you were gone about, like, just how funny both is because he, everything he does that is impressive seems to be like, I'm about to die, and therefore I have to do this. Yeah. I, I either fix this situation or literally die. And then he does everything is like, like, cool. like he's just <laughs> falling down a hill, head over heels, and is like, Right, making up ways to oh totally like every yeah. single time just before it gets smashed and gets a freaking brick wall yeah. you know like oh, so true it's one of the most frustrating, frustrating things about the book because you're just like why why can this guy only think when he's like midair right <laughs> like he can't and then, come and then, like, up with a plan afterwards once his life saved he's like oh well my max my max I can split my brain is only two ways and it's like you you five seconds ago you just split your brain six ways like what the heck like yeah. No, he he really he. It is it is yeah. He got, he got, his his greatest talent of all is getting himself out of trouble. Problem is he's he also is really good at getting in trouble. trouble. Yeah. yeah. And right there's like a whole scene of his life is just happens to be that he's a little bit better at getting himself out of trouble. Yes, like just barely. He's like. Ugh. Yeah, there's a whole scene. It's later in the book, so I won't go into details. But there's like a whole scene where he's a, he's basically like with this group of people, and he's like, "Yep, there's absolutely no way that I can help here. I'm useless." And then like five seconds later, they're all about to die, and he's like, "Oh wait, I can 
I can save all of our lives, and he saves everyone's life. Like, it's just like, yeah. why didn't you think of this five seconds ago? And you probably could have done it way easier and way better. Like, I yeah. Like, well, yeah. In that, if I'm thinking of the same theme, scene that you're thinking of, which I'm pretty sure I am, it's funny because the line that actually like is written there is basically, and then in that moment, I knew exactly what to do, and he just like yeah. flies into action. You know, he's just like, okay, you do this and do that and do this and do that, and he just yeah. does a bunch of stuff, and you're like, okay, yeah, that's that, that's a decent plan. That's pretty good. Why didn't you think that's of that earlier? Mind. You need to work. Yeah, I also love that all, all right. of his like simple plans, where he's like, oh, I'm gonna go in prepared always always fall on their face like this kid cannot go into prepared yeah he is the worst boy scout of all time except is when they freaking burn down ambrose's room because that was planned immaculately and it was freaking yeah that was his one exception but there are so many times where he's like hmm i'm about to go into a difficult situation let me come prepared and then he like Whatever he did to prepare was like the exact opposite of what needed to be done, or immediately get squashed. Yeah. I'm thinking about that one time in that scene where he puts that they put out the fire, and he's like, "Well, this is useless." Yep. Yeah, that was funny. Cool. Yeah, that was super funny. Okay, I got it. Hey. All right. Yeah, same. See you guys. See ya. Peace out. Good chat. Good chat.